0: Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. With Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Beautiful Places with Neil Humphreys on Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM
1: 89.3. Oh, that that music doesn't get you up and going. I
0: don't know what does, Neil. Brilliant. I'm just so happy I have a stinger <laughs> with my name in it. Your brand new, very own
1: stinger for Thank this. Thank you, segment. Money FM. Awesome, awesome. Good morning, Money FM. Glenn Van Zutphen, Neil Humphreys, with you. Neil, our beautiful. Places segment. Today, we're going to talk about a place that we've already touched on, which is the National Stadium.
0: Absolutely. The Singapore Sports Hub, built in 2014 after a government recommendation in 2001 to replace the old grand old lady of Kalang, the old National Stadium, a bit of a concrete brutalist marvel (laughs) of the (laughs) early 1970s. It was. (laughs) But the reason I mention the history is because when the proposal was made in Parliament, there was an insistence that it must promote a culture, that's Mm. the key word, of sports in the city-state, which I really want to touch upon. First thing about the stadium that we should mention is that yesterday I took an Australian sports journalist with me to collect uh, my pass for the ICC event. And it's always refreshing, as you know, to get the perspective of an outsider. Mm. You know, I've written many books about Singapore because I was initially an outsider. And to see the sports hub through his eyes An Australian's eyes, a guy who grows up in a sports cradle, let's be honest. He grew up in Melbourne, which is one of the great sporting cities on the planet. Even he, Glenn, was extraordinarily impressed by the hub, the hubbish nature of the Singapore National Stadium. Hence the name. Hence the name. We do love a hub (laughs) in Singapore. You know, apart from the stadium itself, which we know has got this fabulous air filtering system so that even though it's not air conditioned, it gives the illusion sometimes because you have this cool air running through your legs. It's a real engineering marvel and the red and white seats and the, and the closing roof and the, the view of the cityscape. Apart from all of that, he was amazed by the little things. You have a shopping mall mm. and food outlets mm. built within the stadium interiors you have a swimming pool that people forget. I'm not talking about the Aquatic Center, which is a fabulous competitive sporting arena. I'm talking about there's a pool, an outdoor pool, mm. a splash pool with uh, like a lazy river right. and a water. More a few, of an entertainment thing than kids. an exercise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, only costs a say. buck or two. Yeah. You've got outdoor play areas, you've got sandy areas, you've got volleyball courts, you've got the Singapore River, where Mm. we have a family of otters come to stay. Mm. You have one of the great views of Singapore, of the cityscape. You have all of these things on your doorstep. You have the Singapore Indoor Stadium. And every weekend, without fail, there will be some form of family event, Mm. a carnival, some. Form of sporting or extravaganza. Fun, run, fun runs exactly. and all that sort of stuff. Exactly, every yeah. single weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of all of that, you've even got the sports museum beside mm. it. And the library as well. And the library, a very yeah. good library actually, yeah. where Neil Humphries' books are available. <laughs> so you have... you have That was so self-serving. So subtle, <laughs> so subtle a segue as well. So you have all of that. You have all of that within the sports hub. But just this week, Glenn, and I'll be interested to get your views on it, just this week I was reading again a familiar story. It's not doing what it's supposed to do, that there are not enough events at the sports uh. hub. It's a very common criticism. You know, this thing was built for $1.33 billion. I believe it was a joint public-private venture, so it had a lot of public money go into it. And it's not having enough Tier 1 events. We have the ICC with Manchester United, Inter Milan, Juventus and Tottenham. Unfortunately, Singapore lost the season-ending WTA finals, the women's tennis. Right. They had it, of course, for five years. Yep, yep. That went to Turin. Yep. So this year you have, apart from the ICC, you have the FINA Swimming World Cup, which we're a bit dismissive of, but it's a very big event. Sure. Our boy, Joseph Schooling, should be there. Yep. You have the UFC Fight Night Singapore in October and potentially the Lions World Cup qualifiers. On top of that, you have the Irish rock band U2 and mm. you have the Kento Pop Icon. Andy Lau, back after 11 years away. Actually, he will do well. Oh, he'll sell out. He will definitely sell out. Without a doubt. You two and him, sell out, no problem. But despite that, call it kiasuism, call it our economic bent, but there's still a criticism. We don't have enough top-tier sporting events in Singapore. But one of the guys working at the sports hub made a very interesting point in the media, slightly awkward, but it's something we have to address, which is when it comes to Singapore... When we're a consumer of sport, we love tier one events. He calls them 1.0 events, right? If we go to 1.02 events, mm. we're not so interested. Mm. So, for example, Man U sell out, but if you get West Ham, my mm. team, mm. and a Stoke City or a Birmingham, or it won't sell out. You'd be lucky if you sold a quarter of the stadium. Right. Mm-hmm. So, we're very selective about the events we go to, and I wonder what you think on this because the analogy I draw from this. It's very similar to the current state of modern cinema. One of the big criticisms of modern cinema is we're only making tentpole movies. Mm. We're only making $200 million Marvel blockbusters and Spider-Man and so on. But the criticism of that is they're the only movies you're going to watch you're not paying 10 bucks anymore to watch an independent movie or to watch a $10 million movie. The kind of movies that would have been Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or Usual Suspects or Shawshank Redemption, those movies are not being made anymore for the big screen. They're going straight to Netflix. The criticism is, If you went to those movies, we would make those movies. So you can't criticise us when we don't make those movies. uh, It's the same with the sports. You can't say we don't have enough sporting events. But when we have events that are not Manchester United and you don't go, we can't do them again. Because with, they're not financially viable.
1: With Neil Humphreys in the studio here, Money FM. Saturday morning, I'm Glenn Van Zutphen. Neil, I've often thought about this too. You, as you know, I'm, my family and I are huge Singapore Slinger yeah. fans. We've, we've had tickets now for, uh, for about four years. And many people still don't know that Singapore has a professional basketball team. Correct. That plays as part of a league across ASEAN, the ASEAN Basketball League. Now, basketball may not be your thing. But the point is, you know, they get maybe 3,000 people on a good day, maybe 4,000 four or four plus in a final game to go on a Sunday afternoon for two hours to watch some, some really fun basketball in a great family environment. Why is that? Why are people not doing it more? And and Singapore has done such a lot to try to promote a sporting culture. But part of this, too, is that the professional there's no professional layer of sports. You know, um, companies are not sponsoring to the extent that you see in the West, for example, a professional sports teams to make it viable to actually have a professional sports person make a full-time living yeah. from just doing sport. That's right. So you've got professional, very high qualified, you know, sport sports people here, sports men and women, but they have to have a second job. They have to have a marketing job or this job or that job just to pay the bills because they're not getting paid. So I think, I think the ecosystem has to evolve further out that Big companies, and if you're listening out there, you know, start putting your money where your mouth is. Start putting money behind sponsoring these teams. The local football team's a great example. There's a lot of fun to be had. Yeah, yeah. At, you know, in Jalan Basar and other places I've around town. I've been writing town, about right? it for twenty years. Exactly, mm-hmm. and 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 yet, um, like you say, people will will want to come to see Man U. But, you know, when it comes to supporting their neighbor, literally, that lives down the street, it's a little bit harder sell. I'm not saying it's impossible because people do support local yeah. sports. But we need to have this culture, especially in the sponsorship, so that we can actually pay. We can, we can make being a sportsman an actual career here yeah. versus just a hobby,
0: a sideline. I couldn't agree more. There's a chicken and egg and then another chicken and egg on top of that <laughs> scenario with this, which is you can go bottom up or top down. Advertiser sponsors are reluctant to invest because they don't see a return because people don't watch the games. Right. People don't watch the games because they think the quality of the product is not at the same level as LA Lakers, Manchester United, Tiger Woods, whatever. Sure. So they don't watch the game. If they don't watch the game, there's no revenue. If there's no revenue, <laughs> the players can't get paid. If the players don't get paid, they quit the game and become lawyers and doctors yeah. and engineers. I mean, in some case, even motorbike couriers. I saw a story last year where professional footballers Don't forget, soccer, football is our number one sport. It's our national sport. And there was a Malay footballer who quit to deliver pizzas, I think, to work as as a motorbike courier because he earned more money as Mm. a courier Mm. working for one of these food delivery services than he made as a professional footballer in a country playing the sport that is the national sport of the country. So somewhere, Glenn, you're absolutely right. We have to fix that ecosystem. And it starts with kids, you know, once we get to secondary school, we must encourage, yes, the exams are important, we love our studies, we love our tuition, but we're losing, we're losing too much of our talent base at the very start. We're losing our basketballers, we're losing our footballers, our tennis players, and therefore, they're not going to the higher level. We're not getting the standard, and it goes on. We're not getting the investment, and round and round it goes. Yeah.
1: There, there are a few companies that are really trying to put some yes. money behind sports here, which is awesome, and they should be applauded. Um, but like you say, there just aren't enough. And this chicken and egg, which comes first, right? Uh, and And until – the fans you know if the fans maybe attend more matches then maybe the advertisers start to see the yeah. the, the critical mass but uh, but somewhere along the line everyone's got to start pitching in because we, we, have, we have the infrastructure right? Well that's the key We've got the weather we've got the location the proximity in Southeast Asia we've got everything
0: Everybody <laughs> wants to come here Everybody. Manchester United <laughs> Liverpool American teams basketball teams you know the big basketball individuals when they're out of season they want to come to Singapore mm. even though the fan base is 10 times bigger in, in Thailand and in Malaysia and mm, Indonesia. They mm. want to come here for all the reasons we want to be here. Right. You know, financial, economic, political stability. You know, it's a great place to hang out. It's, it's a beautiful city in a garden. Why would you not want to come to Singapore? So there are teams literally queuing up to come here. And we can't even make the excuse anymore about the infrastructure. In the old days, it used to be, oh, I covered... Liverpool and Manchester United in 2001 and I remember the Liverpool manager saying publicly your pitch your pitch is a joke Mm. I'm going to tell my boys up front a light jog that's it and it was a terrible pitch I'm talking about the old National Stadium now it's state of the art facilities we can't complain about that anymore it is a beautiful place it Mm. is a genuinely beautiful place in a beautiful location in the heart of Singapore we have the hardware it's the heart Mm, where, mm. that we're looking for. We need that umbilical cord, that spiritual connection to sport from childhood, from cradle to the grave. And it's a long-term process. And look, if Manchester United coming here helps it a little along the way, if an eight-year-old kid watches Manchester United or Juventus and something goes off in his brain, daddy, Mummy, I want soccer camps, I want football mm, camps, mm. and it starts then that's a positive thing. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.